Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season five, episode 10. Episode 10, Are You My Mother? was written by Elizabeth J.B. Claviter and directed by Ed Ornalis. It aired on January 5th, 2012. Enjoy! Today, we have a special celebrity guest host on the podcast. Please welcome the star of Hal King. You have seen her on FBI Most Wanted and Blue Bloods. She has starred as Dina in the international tour of Dreamgirls, and she has a new very exciting project that should be announced the day this episode drops, so check her socials for that. The light of my life, this is Sheree Moultrie! Hello! Nice to be back. Sorry, dear listeners. I probably just blew out your drums <laughs> with me saying her name. This is Sheree. Hello, hello. How are you? Miss you. I'm doing well. Miss you too. So nice to get to see you in person not too long ago. I know. The star came to visit and we had a blast. <laughs> the best time. The I know. The hottest week of the year, I think. Literally, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we made the best of it. <laughs> So what else are you reading and or watching right now? Well, I just got back from doing a show or two shows in Utah. So I haven't been reading very much or watching a lot of TV. But while I was out there, I did watch Queen Charlotte, the Bridgerton story, um, which I was totally obsessed with, with my roommate at the time. Um, So that's probably the biggest show I've watched recently. And then something I want to watch because of watching this episode, one of the guest stars in the episode, the, the little girl who was not little girl, 20 year old who yeah. was pregnant, um, Brisha Webb is her actual name. Uh, she's in a show called Run the World and it just l- released the second season and it reminded me, oh, I haven't watched it yet. I should watch it. So that'll be on my list of things to watch soon. Oh, yeah, I loved her. She looked yeah. so familiar to me. So I looked her up. So we have more about her later, but- yeah. Yeah, she was great. Also, the whole time you were here, I just said, sorrows, prayers, sorrows, prayers. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> sorrows, prayers, sorrows, prayers. Literally. <laughs> Do you have anything to promote? Well, I will be doing a new show very, very soon. Uh, we start rehearsals next week, but we haven't officially announced the show yet in my role yet, so... yes we haven't um i know yes of course and dog of the pod (laughs) ruthie knows but i found out about it when i was with her actually yes literally when she was at my house you start rehearsals the day this episode airs and it should be announced the day this episode airs yes so just check her socials and i'm sure i will be posting annoyingly posting about (laughs) her so Yes, Sam is the best. Can you tell us a little bit more about your summer in Utah? What a star you were, what shows you did? (laughs) Yeah, I did two shows, uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, where I was in the ensemble. And then I did one of my favorite shows called Aida. And I actually got to play Aida, which was incredible. I had so much fun. Love, love, love that show. Um, I did it for the first time in high school. So it was just so special to get to do it again for real as a professional and this stage of my life so yeah were you Aida in high school also or you were in the show as another role I was <gasps> I was Aida in high school too <laughs> Shereying your day left and right that's what made me want to do theater I was like oh they started they put me in the starring role like 
I don't know anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And dear listeners, there are two versions of Aida. There's Elton John's Aida, which is Sherry Renee Scott, Adam Pascal. Oh my God, help. Heather Headley. Thank you, Heather Headley. Uh, And then there's the opera version. So they did that in rep, but you only did Elton John's version. Yes. No one wants to hear me do opera. (laughs) Don't count me out. I would hear you like burp the alphabet. I'd be fine with that. But the opera Aida was incredible. We roomed together. Well, we had, we shared a living space um, and she was just phenomenal. Every time I went to see her show or her rehearsals, I was just in awe. And then I could just hear her warming up in the bathroom on our, you know, as we're preparing for, for rehearsals and things like that. So. It was great too. Iconic duo. <laughs> Where can we find you online? You can find me on social media on for Instagram at Sheree. And then everywhere else is I am Sheree. And then my website is I am Pretty simple. You are Sheree. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two pieces of listener mail to start off today. One mm-hmm. is from former co-host Jackson. Hello, Jackson. And last episode when Christina was on, Mason said he had Pokemon cards. And Christina said, it's definitely Pokemon. It's definitely Pokemon. Like, it's absolutely Pokemon. And then Jackson messaged me and said, actually, the show is right. It is Pokemon. It's just people pronounce it Pokemon. Get out. Jackson, wealth of knowledge. Thank you. Wow. Who knew? (laughs) And then our dear listener, Sam, wrote in and opened a part of my brain that I had somehow forgotten, which is that when Sam was not when Sam, well, Sam was messaging another Sam talking about a show with a third Sam on it. So it is a reasonable error. Let's be honest. (laughs) Boom. Yes. (laughs) Exploding brain. And the grave that Jake was sitting in front of with those French crewlers is not his sister's grave. It is his wife's grave. I did know that. I think the heat made my brain melt and I forgot, misspoke. Maybe I I remember when I was recording it, my brain said, Jake doesn't have a wife before. Only Pete does. Because we talked about Pete. We talked about Anna in the episode after when it was the Pete and Violet of it all. So yes, it's Jake's wife and their daughter that they were talking about not his sister and his niece, as I said. So thank you, dear listener Sam, and thank you, dear listener, former co-host Jackson Klein. Our patient breakdown for this week, going to try really hard to pronounce these correctly. We have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. Addison Ford's Montgomery, who does not have a diagnosis, but she's on here. She talks to her therapist. So Addison Ford's Montgomery starting the show as she has all season. We have Melanie White, who is pregnant. We're going to talk about her within Addison's little section. Rose Fillmore, Evan Olson, and Kendra Templeton. And Rose has a scarred uterus, ovarian failure, and pelvic tuberculosis. And then we have Amelia's unnamed patient within obstructive neurosarcoid. So we're going to talk about Amelia stuff in the Amelia section, we're going to talk about Addison stuff in the Addison section. And then I didn't have a section for Violet or for Cooper. I just have those in miscellaneous. Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. My first note is 
this title of the episode, Are You My Mother?, is an insanely weird choice for these storylines. I understand it because, you know, is Melanie the baby's mother? Is Addison's the baby's mother? Are they both the baby's mother? And then with our trio that we're going to talk about later, like who is the baby's mother and is the issue that one is not, quote unquote. Yeah. It just, sometimes they reference outside media and sometimes they don't with the titles as opposed to Grey's, which is always a song lyric or as opposed to like Friends where they say the one where something happens. Mm -hmm. And then the first season of this show where it was all Winnie the Pooh, where it says in which Addison, blah, 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 this and that. Mm. So I just, you know, didn't love the title of this episode because it sort of says to me, because the book is about this, like, it's a tiny baby animal. You've read the book, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago, so I'm trying to remember. But yeah, I remember it, when I saw the title, I was like, oh, that's like the book. Yeah. But I don't quite remember. Was it like a little bird who was trying to go around and find? I, I feel like it was, a, dog, if it was dog, a, a bird. It was some sort of small baby animal. I don't mm-hmm. remember what kind of animal it was. Dear listeners, I don't know if this is still in print. And I don't know if it's just an America thing. So I know we have a lot of international listeners. But basically, this baby animal is going around to all these different kinds of animals saying, are you my mother? Are you my mother? Are you my mother? And then he says, no, my baby has fur. No, my baby flies in the sky. And stuff like that, which also goes very much to the, it must be a biological child to be a quote, unquote, Mm -hmm. heavy quote, unquote, valid child. Which... Again, the themes of this episode do not support. So I I didn't, I just, I thought it was weird. Yeah, maybe they were just trying to pick something fun or like, I don't know, that people would recognize. Yeah, it is. It's recognizable for sure. In what way? Unclear. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end, this baby finds their mother who is the same species. Although if it's the actual mother or just in the same species, I don't know. I didn't do a DNA test on this fictional bird. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. I deep diving on this bird. All right. What is your first note? Uh, My first note was, oh, so Addison and I still, whenever I see him, I see Tay Diggs. I forgot his character's name. (laughs) It's Sam. Oh, that's why. Because you're Sam. (laughs) There's many other Sams in my life. (laughs) Only one in the world. <laughs> to the listener from earlier, uh, of course. <laughs> Very kind. Um, okay, yes. Sam and, and Addison are still together. I was surprised by that. Um, and then two seconds later, I see they're still at at odds about the baby. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. We're getting close to the end. It seems. <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> so last time you were on was season four, episode ten, and I didn't purposefully do four ten and five ten. It just happened to happen this way mm. and we got a really great sound bite for you from you saying something like maybe it's just me but i would never date my best friend's partner maybe it's just me seems weird yeah <laughs> i loved feel it the same way feel the same way that's why it's not working out it's not exactly aggressive eye rolls <laughs> my next first note is that i really liked addison's scarf it seemed like i wouldn't super pick it for her but I liked it especially 
with the cinematography of the scene and how beige everything is in that room is this bright blue kind of like silk scarf with some orange bits yeah orange and blue is not my favorite color combo I'm sorry if you're from Syracuse but it's just not go Knicks <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Knicks too yeah I'm a Lakers girl now I've always been a Lakers girl, even though I'm an East Coast girl, always. I've always been partial because I went to college in Cleveland, so the Cavaliers – and Pittsburgh does not have a basketball team. Cavaliers were, like, my first basketball, like – not going to say love, like. And then I went to a Knicks game when I lived in New York, and that was super fun, but the colors really just, like, threw me off. (laughs) And I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I am a purple girl. Like I'm a purple girly. Yeah, we're both purple girlies. And so having the colors be mostly purple and a little bit of yellow, love it. Perfect. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is real. (laughs) I do despise when people are like, oh, you like this because of the colors. But like it does help. It helps, right? You're looking at all of this, the, the merchandise, the people going back and forth across this court. Like, uh, yeah, but I, exactly. I love the Lakers because my dad loved them. I, I grew up watching the Lakers play like in their primes, like, well, one of their primes, um, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. Robert, like all of them were playing all the time and like killing it. And I would watch it with my dad and my brothers and just so many good memories. So I will always be a Lakers girl. Yeah. Watching LeBron play live was unreal. It was mm-hmm. like watching thor move thunder or something (laughs) it was great it's incredible man yeah but back to addison the reason we have gathered here today i guess not basketball (laughs) who knew also that's like so off brand for this podcast so thank you for sticking with us i'm sorry if you had to fast forward you were like i did not want a sports podcast today (laughs) sorry friends Yes, but the scarf was cute. I agree. Yes, yes. I did notice the scarf too on her. She has on this beige kind of like knit blazer and slicked back hair. And it was very Biddy Bot to me, the return of the Biddy Bot. I'm not familiar with Biddy Bot. <laughs> when Addison's mother died, Addison's mm-hmm. mother's name was Busy. Ah. And another show that I really like and some of our co-hosts like is called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And in the last season, there was a Buffy bot where it was like a robot Buffy. So Mm. when Addison was at her parents' house, busy plus Addie means Biddy to me. So we called her the Biddy bot because she was like cosplaying as her mother. Gotcha. Yeah. Niche. Very niche. (laughs) And my last first note is that Sam is wearing his glasses again. We had a big talk last episode about Tay Diggs wearing his glasses and how difficult it is to film with glasses on because of the glare and the reflection and the angles. So I still firmly believe that there was something medically going on that he needed to wear glasses, but then he only wore it for like half the episode. So I don't know. I have it later, but when I have Tay Diggs on this podcast, I'm going to ask him about why he was wearing his glasses in season five, episode nine, and he's going to look at me like I am flying in the sky. (laughs) He's going to be so impressed that you remember and that you paid attention (laughs) and all of that. (laughs) Yeah. He'll be like, right, right, right. That's when I had dry eye. Exactly. (laughs) He wasn't a character. He needed him as the actor himself. Yeah, yeah right? 
Yeah. Do you have any first notes before we move on to Addison and Melanie? Um, my other two were uh, when Pete and Amy came up because I didn't know that they were going to be separating, it looks like. Um, so I was like, oh, no, are they separating? What's happening? Um, yeah, that happened in the last episode. I sent Sheree a really quick voice memo before she started listening, saying, like, what's been happening with Amelia? Like, why everybody's mad at Amelia? And how Addison had two tries of IVF and it didn't work. But I forgot to mention, yeah, Pete and Violet are separating. Pete didn't okay. want to leave. So Violet was like, okay, I'll leave you if mm. you want. And he was like, cool, great, love that. Wild. Yeah, so they're separating. So sad. I know. Why can't everyone just be in love and happy? Right? I would watch <laughs> that show. Everyone's like, oh, it's not fun yeah, to watch if everyone's them. happy i don't agree I, I love watching people live their lives and be happy about it exactly okay. i know i don't need the drama i like the drama with people i don't like right 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 yeah and then the other note was um cooper's kid still in the cards the way he did <laughs> just like, yep. you're not even being sneaky with it you're but then also Cooper not saying anything in the moment. Like yes. the way I would have been like, um, where are you going? Um, exactly. You Did you forget something? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's just going to let him walk away? What? The person at the register doesn't seem to notice at all. Right. She didn't even see it. So I guess he did do it inconspicuously some way, but. She's probably getting 725 an hour. They're after right. school Lucky trying to too. save up for something. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are my first notes. The only time I've worked true retail is when I was working at Victoria's Secret in college. And I rarely worked on the register. But when I did, I used to get viscerally angry when people would buy things that cost more than I would make my entire shift. Mm. You know, that's a good point. I've never thought about that as a thing. Oh, yeah. Some late stage yeah. capitalism for you. Yeah. That's really bad. <laughs> this was in like 2013, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So now all bras are really expensive. But back then mm -hmm. you could go to like Macy's and get a bra for like 15 bucks if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. But back then Victoria's Secret bras were still like $50. Now they're like $80, which is obscene gotta catch it that semi-annual sale <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I mean that's part of the reason why I was working there because it was there in the mm -hmm. summer and they had their semi-annual sale in the summer so they needed some extra help mm -hmm. seasonally all right on to Addison Forbes Montgomery and Melanie White we're going to talk about them together as a reminder Melanie is the young woman who is pregnant and looking for a family for her baby mm -hmm. yes but before we get to Melanie What's your first note about Addison in general? Well, the first was that she's still with Sam. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still shook about that. Um, <laughs> but I do love the fact that she like knows what she wants and she is going to pursue it to the end. And, you know, when it's the, the episode starts and she's talking to, I guess, the therapist and I'm like, oh, what's what just happened? Like she's disappointed. I'm like, oh, no, something else happened again. And so, you know, by the end of the episode, I realized that that's sort of telling us what's ha what's to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just I just feel for her. I really do. 
Yeah, mine similarly. The therapist says, you've had a lot of disappointment lately. And Addison just laughs fully, like wholeheartedly laughs. And I felt that because I also like when something has happened that is so unbelievable in my life and someone points it out, I'm like, that is ridiculous, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I felt that. I loved Addison's laughter and awkwardness trying to impress the social worker. That was so funny. When the social worker, when Addison has like baby proofed everything and she's thought of seemingly everything and they're looking at the ocean and the the social worker goes, have you, how are you going to do the drowning hazard? And I think the social worker was mostly kidding. Yeah. Mostly. But Addison, she was like, oh my God, I haven't controlled the 80% of the world that the ocean covers. Right. Right. It was so cute. I was like, oh my gosh, she wants this so bad. She's going to do everything and anything she can to impress this woman. And I actually recognized that woman too, um, which was fun to see. I've seen her in a couple, like not a couple, a lot of different shows. Yeah. um, In smaller, mid-sized roles and all that stuff. So it was fun to see her. Yeah. She's one of the actors who is in everything. Yeah. That's the goal. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. I mean, you're already doing it, so... She awkwardly laughs when I'm like, but I'm serious. I'm in the part now where Melanie and Addison are in Addison's house. Mm -hmm. And Addison is a double board certified surgeon, fetal surgery and OB. And Mm. Melanie says, you're a fetal surgeon. And Addison says, yes, I am. And Addison didn't correct her. And Mm. I mean, I also wouldn't be, oh, I'm a double board certified to the person who I'm, (laughs) who I want to be the mother of my child. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but I feel like, like season two, Addison, season two of Grey's Anatomy, Addison, maybe would have Mm. corrected her. So I think that shows growth and a bit of humbleness. Oh, I love that. I love that. I didn't realize that about that conversation. So it's, it's, yeah, that's a big deal. Because yeah, you took she's taken the time and the effort to earn those things and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really liked their conversation though. It was so cute and just like the the awe that Melanie had in her eyes and just how much she admired Addison. Um it was so sweet. It was a really sweet conversation. So I was, I was hopeful watching that interaction. Really hopeful. Yeah. I think they did a really good job showing that sort of like weird balance of power of like Addison Mm -hmm. trying to impress her, but also be tell her humanity and Melanie be like, please don't judge me, but also show her humanity. They're both like explaining Mm -hmm. themselves because it's such a tenuous relationship. Yeah. I think they did a great job. I remembered at the end that Addison didn't get this baby. I knew that she didn't. And when, this is jumping to the end of it, but when Mm -hmm. Melanie was saying, like, I want to be just like you, I forgot that she gave her baby to the family from her church. Mm. And when she was saying that speech, even while she was saying that speech, I thought she was going to say, I want to be, you know, HBIC of my law office while having a baby. Be like, I want to be just like you with a baby. Yeah, I thought she was going to keep the kid, too, at the yeah. end. I really thought she that was going to be what would happen. So I was very surprised about the church family. Yeah, me too. What an interesting choice to have to choose between, though, right? Like, if you were in her shoes. Yeah, like a full family, 
full time. Yeah. yeah, I would choose Addison, but we didn't meet the other family. It would have been nice to meet the other family and maybe like have that family be a member of the co-op, like the mm-hmm. the baby brother sees <laughs> Cooper and the parents go to Sam for general practitioner or something like that. That yeah. would have been cool to meet them. Yeah, I agree with that. They're really trying to make Addison and Violet into Meredith and Christina with this walk and talk in the hospital. And like, just because you know them, I know them. I I was like, you're trying to make Fetch happen and it's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and like knowing that Amy Brennanman and Kate Walsh are great friends in real life, like they do have great chemistry in this scene. But I can tell Mm -hmm. specifically with the walk and talk in the hospital with the words that they're saying of like, go get it. You go get it. It's very Meredith and Christina. And it's just Mm. not not it for me. Yeah, it it didn't really do much for me. Actually, I'm trying to remember. I honestly don't even remember that interaction that much. It's right before or as Melanie is going into labor and she pages Uh, Addison. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Okay, okay. I was confused about the guy who was originally delivering the baby. I was like, are you an Mm -hmm. intern? Are you a resident? Like, why are you trusted here without a supervisor? Is Addison your supervisor? Because Addison is not there to be a doctor, totally. Yeah, I was very confused as well. But it it made me think about just the mortality rate of Black women. Yes. In in childbirth. Like, my whole, after seeing that, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that she asked. That she paged Addison, like who knows what could have happened in like all of those things. I know. So I feel like it hinted a little bit at some of the issues that people have to deal with now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they had someone who didn't know what they were doing in charge of this delivery, because maybe it's originally a seemingly like not high risk pregnancy because mm-hmm. 20 years old, like yeah. I-, I would not want to have a child at 20. If you do, good for you, but it's still young. She is mm-hmm. very small. Small, yeah. And it's she says the baby's early, so it's a premature delivery as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So they should have had an expert here. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe Addison was the attending and we just weren't told mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Melanie is such a good actress. What did you say her name was again? Brisha Webb. Brisha Webb. Webb. Incredible actress. She's doing such a good job. And that baby that they cast is so cute. So cute. When Addison's holding her and her little foot sticks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cute. Mm-hmm. Her head full of hair. Just so cute. Just so cute. When Melanie tells Addison that she is not the choice to be this baby's mother, did you notice how the audio was cutting out at the end of the speech? Yes. Well, it was because she wasn't hearing it anymore, right? Yes. She heard it. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah. Very Mostly real. Done. Yeah. I feel like I, when I've been in situations where something is unreal or like I had my hopes up about something, you do feel like you kind of just zoom out or disassociate mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I felt so bad for her in that moment. I know. I can't wait to hear your... Um, shenanigans sheree shenanigans (laughs) i'm all the way at the end now when sam and addison are on their deck do you have anything Mm. before we get to that yeah i think that's that's it yeah i just have like does she ever get what she wants (laughs) basically 
we'll have yeah. to keep watching. We'll have to keep watching. You're right. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. Sam says to Addison, I know how much this means to you, and I'm sorry for your disappointment. That is such therapy talk. Yeah, it was so impersonal. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It was so like not like he it felt like he just said it to say it. Like, I'm your boyfriend, I should say this to you in this moment. Or even like I, I am your acquaintance. Yeah. I I'm sorry for your disappointment. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> So then they finally decide that this is the end of things. And I'm going to ask Sheree and our dear listeners, if it is your first time watching, do you think that this is really the end of Addisam? Because they've broken up and gotten back together about 1,700 times. So (laughs) send us a DM, send us an email. Do you think, first of all, is it your first time watching? I'm so interested in all of you. And do you really think that this is the end of Addison? Please let us know. And Sheree, what do you think? You know, deep down, I want it to be the end. You and I both. I want it to be the end because it shouldn't, it's just not, it's just not meant to be. Yeah. But I feel like Addison, she's been through a lot. She's going to have a, a moment where she just needs something familiar and someone familiar. And I feel like he's going to be there. And... I don't know how far it will get or anything like that, but I do feel like they'll have at least one more moment of togetherness, um, whether it's like one day, one evening, one moment, or if they actually get back together. I feel like, I guess this will be part of the shenanigans, but I hope that Addison doesn't give up on having a baby. And if that's the case, they'll never work out truly. For him. But if she does give up on having the baby, then maybe they'll try again. Okay, so you're saying you hope she doesn't give up on having a baby for him to stay with him? No, just in general. In general, Because okay. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, if she continues to want to have the baby, there's no chance of them getting back together for real. But if she changes her mind about the baby or kind of lets it go because of all the, the obstacles she's she's faced, then there could be a window for them to, to get back together, I feel like. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Okay knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, just okay. <laughs> Addison's therapist says, just because you didn't get this baby, it doesn't mean you get no baby. I really liked that. I like that mm-hmm. he's having her zoom out and see the bigger picture, even though this is, you know, heartbreaking what has happened. And then Addison says, how is love not enough? Sometimes it's just not. And my last note for Addison and Melanie is the therapist says, you have to deal with the disappointment. And she says, don't want to. That's so real. Woo. She needs a vacation on the beach. No Wi-Fi, no cell signal. <laughs> At least she's talking to a therapist, though. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to say on your own. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anything else for Addison and Melanie? No, I just hope the best for them both. <laughs> and yeah. I'm really sad that I didn't get her baby. but All three of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of glad that we didn't get to know this baby's name because then like even for Addison to know the name every time say the name was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking of Maya's baby, Olivia, who Maya, like, where are you? I, she's mm-hmm. like, she's in college. We know that. But anyway, if the baby's name is Olivia, then like every Olivia Addison saw, she'd be like, Oh, it's that baby. So I wish we knew the oh, name God. just cause I like names, but I'm glad that Addison doesn't know the name as far as we know. Yeah. As soon as she held her, I was like, <gasps> yeah. 
is over. <laughs> as soon as, well, I obviously knew, but watching, I watched like to know, like, I watch to know things. <laughs> I watch knowing what's happening. And then also on the other hand, I watch trying to pick things up for the first time. Mm-hmm. So when I, when that baby first cried and I saw Melanie's face, even though I knew it happened, I was like, oh, she makes it clear even at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also, yeah. I didn't have this as a note, but I loved Addison advocating for herself saying if you were using the forceps I would be worried but I'm not because I'm using them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love when we get to see her she's the boss yeah yes yes all right on to Rose Fillmore Evan Olsen and Kendra Templeton forgot about this until I saw the three of them (laughs) and they said a couple things and I was like oh right that's that's this (laughs) what's your first note (laughs) Let's see. My first note was just that the trio setup took a turn early in the episode. <laughs> it is like strange to be like, yeah, my neighbor's going to be the father of my child that I don't actually know. That's like, right. and they were so set on, I have a couple quotes in here. Like if that's what people normally do, like there was a lot of normal and abnormal where Mm. there's so much gray in between normal and abnormal. My first note is when Jake is telling them to see a therapist, he's doing it nicely. He's a great doctor. I feel like I'd like to have him as my doctor for something. Mm -hmm. And he says like, oh, but it will help with this. And it can really help with this. And it will be very beneficial in this way. And they're like, "Mm, no, I don't want to see a therapist. No way. Not seeing a therapist. He goes, I'm also not asking. Yes. (laughs) When that happened, I was like, oh. Jake yet this is the first time you're seeing no. Jake. what yes. are your thoughts on him he's really cute I recognize him from other things as well as the, as the actor himself and yeah if I was I enjoyed seeing him on the screen I was like oh who's he gonna end up with part of my shenanigan okay can't <laughs> so wait to shenanigans. <laughs> I love making up words but I was impressed I liked him I liked him tangents left and right today one of my favorite podcasts that has episodes three times a week is Stuff You Missed in History Class. Have you ever listened to it? No, I haven't, but I should. It's exactly what it sounds like, Stuff You Missed in History Class. And they recently did a multi-part episode on the history of the dictionary. And there was this guy whose name I'm forgetting right now, but it's not Webster of Merriam-Webster. It's somebody else. And Hmm. he just like made up words and put them in the dictionary that he was making. And that's the level of ingenuity that I aspire to. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Wow. Love it. (laughs) His didn't end up getting used, but he was like in the top two of things for a while. And that's why he is why theater in America is T-H-E-A-T-E-R and Hmm. England is T-H-E-A-T-R-E. It's, mm. it was like, right, like in that, I think, like, mid 17 to 1800s, where he was like, we are not England, we left England, we're going to be different. But it just made spelling more complicated. <laughs> like favor, he took out the U. Uh, yes. Yeah. So stuff you missed in history class. Love it. They have episodes three times a week. 
wait, four times. I lied four times a week. They just added one. So they have episodes on Monday and Wednesday that are brand new episodes. What they just added is Fridays. They have behind the scenes, which is like things that they couldn't include in the main episodes or funny little stories. And then on Saturdays, they have a Saturday classic because their catalog is so massive at this point. They take an episode that is like somehow related to something they talked about during the week or a holiday coming up or an event that has happened in real time and they re-air that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big nerd. (laughs) I already asked what – yeah, okay. I asked what your first note – I said my first note. Yes. I have a contract with a known donor, quote, if that's what people normally do, quote, Mm -hmm. Kendra says – to Rose, we're having a baby, not closing a deal. The costume department did a great job with these three because Rose mm-hmm. was like buttoned up business lady, like could see her yeah. being a lawyer. Kendra was like flowy, hippy dippy, yeah, bro, boho. Mm-hmm. And Evan Olsen was just like like the My guy next guy. door who's like just there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I noticed that too. <laughs> Yeah, and the writing and the costuming did a great job, I think, with that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. It's not – well, it's indirectly, I guess, related to the, the, the trio, um, that lunchroom conversation. Oh, yeah. That everyone was having. I yeah, was like, I'm, oh, my God. I'm getting there, but let's do it now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it was, was just interesting to think about where we are in 2023 and how that conversation would probably be very different. Yeah. Um, now versus then let alone the fact that they just had to change the name and who owns their co-op because of their blatant disrespect of hipaa and privacy laws oh and now again Hmm. they're just when that was first happening I literally said, I was like, well, they're not being like mean about it. They're just talking medically and like a little bit of fun stuff gets in there. But this was just straight shaming. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. awful. Yeah. Very hypocritical. We all have some craziness in their life. Exactly. <laughs> who, are they, who are they to talk? <laughs> Addison says, can we pause the moral and ethical debate and mock them for a minute? My face. I was so mad at her. They're your patients. Mm-hmm. They came to you for help. Yeah. You are fertility doctors and they want yeah. to have a child. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a place to help these people make a family. And before she even meets them and before any of them besides Jake even meet them, I think Violet has met them at that point, but they're just making fun of these people. And I mean, it's already so hard. Once I like became an adult and realized that doctors are just other grownups and not like anything like that, quote unquote, special. It just, it's like teenagers in a lunchroom. It's like a middle schooler mm-hmm. making fun of someone's lunchbox. And it made me mm-hmm. so mad. Mm-hmm. No matter what you think about, quote unquote, I keep saying, quote unquote, that's what the episode of the title should be, quote unquote. <laughs> about like non-traditional relationships no matter what you think about them Mm -hmm. it doesn't change the fact that they are human beings who love each other who want to make a family and who are going to doctors to help them and the doctors are making fun of them yeah unforgivable in my book and with the with the doors open with the doors open with the doors open It's just, it is interesting though that that scene did take place in their lunch area. And then you bring up the whole like kids at a 
punch oh, yeah. yeah, like it literally is just like that. I bet that was intentional. Good yeah. job, team. Yeah. yeah. I loved when I think they were with Violet and one of them said, there's a lot of love here. I thought that was super important. Mm-hmm. When they do the ultrasound on both of the mothers and they find out that Rose has pelvic tuberculosis and can't carry a child. I felt very bad for them. And the way that she reacted was very rash and very selfish. And not to say that I wouldn't do the same thing in that situation, but it just seemed very unlike anything we had seen her do before. And we had seen her in like two scenes before, so it's not like we're besties. But Mm -hmm. it just seemed weird to me. Yeah, I also wrote a note. I was like, oh, she can't have have a baby. Oh, no. But then I was like, but she spoke for the whole trio, like without even thinking about the other two at all. Yeah. And I know that their whole thing is that it has to be unanimous so no one is left out. So, like, she's assuming that it would be unanimous anyway. Yeah. I don't know. What a rule, though. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would not be able to get any decision made. (laughs) No. Too many opinions. Mm-hmm. I laughed quite hard when Addison said that in a two-party relationship, because she's comparing two-party and three-party relationship in this in this instance, she says both people have to agree on the baby. First of all, that's not true because I know plenty of single parents. Yeah, that's true. In real life and on television in the world that they live. Yeah. Yeah. But also she's not following that. She's in a two-party relationship. Right. I feel like that, that's why she said it. I was like, was she being sarcastic? <laughs> I think she was just on her high horse looking down at the trio. Mm-hmm. I often wonder how this podcast sounds to people who don't watch the episode because it must just sound very confusing. <laughs> My aunt, I saw her in April at our cousin's wedding and she loves podcasts. Hi, Betsy. And she loves to listen to them. But she has never watched it. And it warms my heart that she listens. Again, hi, Betsy. Love you. See you soon. And I'm also like, how does anyone have any idea what's happening if they don't and have never watched? (laughs) Right. I guess they're just like imagining it and like making it up in their own mind. Because I mean, you do a good job of of making a summary of what's happened and all of that. So thank you. Maybe it's like how when you're reading a book without a movie adaptation, which is quite rare these days. Um, maybe it's how, like, you think of how the people look in their head, in mm-hmm. your head before the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why I don't love book to movie adaptations. Oh, I have more about Addison here. Our dear friend Addison. Okay. And she says in a two-party relationship that both people have to agree on the baby. She says, hopefully their relationship is strong enough to overcome it. I said, have you looked in a mirror, Addison Ford Montgomery? Have you looked in a mirror? I know you have some. <laughs> He's one of those in denial people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the women are going to break up with this guy and stay together, the two of them, and have their own baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I wrote a note like, leave it to the man to mess up everything. (laughs) Literally, why are men? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, at the end, Evan, Evan was like, well, I don't know if you're enough for me. Like, I need a baby too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if I can choose you over a baby. And then Kendra and Rose were like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so yeah, I think the two of them are going to stay together and Evan's going to hit the road. Yeah. Find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking all right. 
anything else for our trio? No, I think that's it. On to Amelia's unnamed patient with an obstructive neurosarcoid. And we're going to talk about Amelia stuff in here. Great. What's your first note? Uh, what did Amelia do to Sheldon? <laughs> I know she had some issues, but I was like, what did she specifically do to him? Um, was my immediate question from their really awkward conversation. If you ever have an evening where you're like, wow, I could really use some drama and hateful language towards relationships, you can watch season five, episode eight of Private Practice. Okay. And that will fill your quota of snarkiness and oxy-fueled anger. But basically, they made this intervention, season five, episode eight, because Amelia was in an oxy spiral with her boyfriend slash fiance, and they couldn't find her for 12 days. She then, you know, reappeared like nothing was wrong. And they were like, wait, 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 you're going to die. And she was like, no, I'll be fine. Mm. And she was awful to every single person in that office. And I even mentioned that she was the least awful to Sheldon. Mm. She was especially horrific to Charlotte and Addison, which makes sense because she's the closest to the two of them. But she basically, Sheldon loves Amelia, maybe romantically, probably romantically. But they never, did they ever get together? No. Okay. No. But Sheldon was the most worried when she was MIA. So I wrote, Sheldon says it was easy for Sheldon to forgive her while she was vulnerable in rehab, but not when she's out. So he was the first one to actually visit her in rehab, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. But now he's having this reaction of not forgiving her, not being able to forgive her. Since, in my opinion, she was the least mean to Sheldon out of everyone, I'm wondering if this reaction that he's having is more to the fact that she scared him so much. And he doesn't want to get close again for fear of losing her again or going through this again. So that is sort of what I'm thinking of. He's setting the boundary for himself, not because, well, because he loves her, but not because he wants to be with her, but because he doesn't want to put himself through that again. Gotcha. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yes. Okay. Yes. Amelia has my current haircut. Did you notice that when you were watching? She has my haircut. Oh, really? She has my haircut, and it wasn't intentional. I did not do that intentionally, but it might have been subconscious. <laughs> Maybe she did look nice in the episode. She looked Yeah, I, like, didn't even show a picture this time or anything. I was just, like, angled layers about this long, face shaping. But, yeah, it's wow. the same haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte offering that surgery to Amelia is huge because – Almost all season, Charlotte's just been on the watch for Amelia to spiral like she did and then helping her get back on her feet. So Charlotte trusting Amelia with the surgery is huge, not only for their relationship and Amelia's career, Mm. but for Amelia's self-esteem as well. To be like, okay, someone has, if not fully Mm -hmm. forgiven me, then trusts me again in this way. Yeah. Which was huge. I thought it was, I I had a feeling that was the reason, but I was a little like, is she ready? Like, you know, this is a whole surgery like situation. Like I'm thinking about if I were the patient, 
you know, the family of the patient, I want to make sure for sure that the person that's about to operate knows and is okay and all of that. Exactly. So I was exactly. a little nervous about that, um, but it was nice to see that she, you know, pulled through. And I mean, she operated on Pete drunk. Really? Oh, yeah. She's operated drunk high before. Um, and that's why she no longer had privileges at the hospital. Yeah. I thought it was so cool that Charlotte didn't tell the rest of the what staff about yeah. her situation. She was on vacation. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's huge. Yeah. And I loved how she was like, we're not here to ask questions. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Protecting her. I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was very proud. I was very proud of both of them in that in that in that time in that moment. That's a really long vacation, though. She was in rehab for fifty days, five zero, on a bender for at least fifteen days, if not more. So that's like two months that she was gone. She went on a leave. (laughs) She had an eat, pray, love moment. (laughs) Radical. (laughs) When Amelia wants to go to a bowling alley with Sheldon at lunch who goes to a bowling alley at lunch she just wanted to have a conversation <laughs> like, yeah just want some time with him like <laughs> it did sound fun though I mean I like bowling I do like bowling <laughs> yeah yeah it freaks me out in this mid-pandemic world where like putting my finger in the bowling balls and oh. knowing oh, that like a zillion people's feet have been in the shoes I don't like yeah. that oh yeah yeah yeah. but they lie solid right (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) totally good (laughs) amelia's wearing a water like scrub cap i feel like we haven't seen it before i didn't i didn't really notice her outfits honestly i noticed i did now that you think about i do remember her hair being like very like yeah that's probably in her eyes. I think her hair and her eyes were the things I paid attention to. Her eyes are stunning. Yeah. <laughs> stunning. Oh, I have this is a long time away from surgery, rehab or not, which is valid. Mm. Okay. We have this thing on BHAB podcast where we don't know anything about Sheldon. Nothing at all. He's there simply to serve everyone else's storylines and push things along. Mm. We know nothing about him. Oh. When Sheldon says he has not shot a gun since basic training mm-hmm. and we just learned he was in the army like what what so i looked it up on his gray's wiki which is bible and he was in the army national guard so dear listeners this episode officially passes the sheldon test for the first time all season <laughs> wow to celebrate, I'm going to be doing our Sheldon deep dive today before our ratings and MVPs, so stay tuned. <laughs> I was so, so happy to hear about that. But I was like, Sheldon, you were in the army? And I watched it. Right. I watched it like three times. I rewound because I was like, did he just, did he, is, what? And, and I was watching his reaction saying it. And I could kind of tell when he was saying it, he was like, this came out of left field, but it's on the page. <laughs> so <laughs> Pete and Sam are both anti-gun and I love that it tracks Mm. very much tracks for them especially Pete Mm. and Cooper doesn't go and continues his 12 year old brain 
Cooper was weird this episode because half the time he was talking like he's 11 years old and just discovered what a fart was. And the other half, (laughs) he was like, how do I parent this child of mine? I must be a role model for my eight-year-old boy, my growing boy. How do I parent? And then he just figured out what a fart was. (laughs) That's true. He was, was a, very odd in this episode. Very, yeah. Strange. Kind of like, very strange. Like the fact that he was talking about that card, him stealing those pack of cards for like days on end and hadn't confronted him about it. I was like, the kid has forgotten about it now. Like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even like the, that anime anymore. Exactly. He's over it. He's moved on. To the next yeah. Thing. <laughs> He's moving on to Pokemon. <laughs> oh, so strange. When they're at the gun range, Katie Strickland and Brian Benben, I want to see them in like a Law and Order or Resilient Isles type show where it's the mm-hmm. two of them against the world. Yeah, I agree with that. I support that. Good they deal. would be great together in that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. been to a gun range? I have not. Oh. Have you? I have. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, I don't want to say it's cool, but. It was an experience to have. The first time I went with a girlfriend um, who was celebrating like her maybe 25th birthday or something like that. And we want to do something different. So all the girls went to the gun range. That was it was fun. We dressed up and all that, like had a whole moment for it. And then the second time I went with my dad and, and both of my brothers. So that was fun. My dad was like, okay, you do it like this and you do it like that and stand here and da 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 da. Be careful now. <laughs> and you're telling me you didn't have a film crew following you? Unfortunately not. Next time. Next, Next time. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not that different from going to one of those axe throwing bars. Oh, yeah. I haven't done that yet either. Yeah. Or the destroy rooms. Oh, yeah, 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 I guess similar, yeah. Yeah, it's probably more safe than an axe-throwing bar because axes and alcohol probably shouldn't go together. Yeah, I'm always so like, what? When I see that, makes no sense to me. Yeah, not that there's many regulations on gun ranges, but I feel like at least they aren't actively selling alcohol. Right, right. Yeah. Sheldon setting boundaries with Amelia is nice to see. The beginning, obviously, she went through something, and then because of that, they all went through something. But I am a really big advocate of boundaries are only boundaries if you tell the person that there are boundaries, especially if there's a pre-existing relationship and you change something about it. Like, if you're not comfortable with something that someone is doing, you should be an adult and let them know about that. Mm-hmm. because if you are setting a new boundary out of nowhere and the person for whom the boundary is for doesn't know the boundary is not going to be followed yeah so i really appreciate that when sheldon set that boundary with amelia about not going to the gun range it was very sweet when he said you understand and she nodded and was like a little bit embarrassed but understood mm-hmm. so i really yeah. liked that I like when people set boundaries and I like when the boundaries are known by all parties. Yeah, that's true. That's Now, if it's something simple, like don't call my house at 3 a.m. unless it's an emergency, like that's different. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> what were you going to say? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amelia's apology to Charlotte is so beautiful and so authentic. 
Mm. Yeah, she needed to say that. Yeah, I'm just really glad to see our girl back on track. Yeah. Anything else for Amelia or our unnamed patient whose face we don't see, don't know her story, nothing? <laughs> uh, no, I think that's all I got, too. Okay, on to miscellaneous. I have my Violet and Pete section of miscellaneous and then my Mason section of miscellaneous. Okay. So Violet and Pete, they're having this whole thing where – They've decided to separate. Sounds like it's going to more of a divorce situation. So Violet and Pete are talking about their relationship in front of Lucas. And he's less than three at this point, let's say. But like he still knows what's going on. And I could tell that Violet gets that and tries to like take it away from the table, take the conversation away from the table that they were standing at, keep the volume low away from him. And Pete was kind of like not getting those cues, mm. which was interesting because they're both adamant about keeping this as normal as possible for Lucas and not interrupting his life. But I don't know. You would just think that Pete would get that that's not the thing to do. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that part. But yeah, it was strange that she was like in my house and I was like, well, why does he live there? Like I was trying to figure that out. But you did mention that she said that she would leave. Him yes instead. so it, it is her house he moved into her house and she is moving out of her house but mm. I think she left because she said she would and now two days later she's like mm, I miss my house which <laughs> oh it's only been two days later <laughs> I mean we don't know their time is not yeah. a time is a circle yeah. flat line wave yeah. here <laughs> but I have here it is Violet's house it was hers first Pete mm. is the one who actually wants to end the relationship not the violet doesn't but Pete is the one who wants it finished oh he did yeah i mean he wanted it to be over but he wasn't going to leave so she left him she had mm. the conversation of like if you want this to be over i will leave for you mm. which christina pointed out was you know kind of gaslighting but I don't know. I just can't believe I'm defending Violet again, but I just I like I will say she's wrong when she's wrong and say that she's in the right when she is correct. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's only fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of curious of what happened to their relationship. I don't know, because that last scene with them together was so like, yeah, like, oh, no, both of them like on the brink of tears and. He's worried about her pushing him away from his kid. And, like, she's like, no, I'll never do that. And, and I'm like, okay, but you guys, shouldn't you just be together? Like, just be a happy family. What is the problem? I know. The only thing that could have added to that scene is rain. But it wasn't yes. going to happen in L.A. So <laughs> I just wanted, like, the standing in the rain. That would have been great. So they were in a situationship. Mm not actually dating but together mm. and then she got pregnant and they were together when they figured out pete was the father of the baby and then violet had the traumatic incident of having the baby ripped out of her and then they recovered from that and then pete had this horrific heart attack and now they're recovering from that so the thesis that I came up with last episode was that they have never actually been together and been happy mm. as a couple okay. in a relationship basically gotcha yeah 
So what what happened? Nothing really. What didn't happen? A lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Situationship. Yeah. Situationship. <laughs> Gotta be careful. <laughs> no. We'll talk about that another another time. Not on mic. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> We've talked before on this podcast about how when you're working with kid actors, it's smart, especially when they're toddlers, to either have them playing with a toy or have them have a snack. Hmm. So when Lucas is at the table, he has both eating and toys. Good job, team. Oh, wow. Hmm. When Pete, I'm in that scene now with the very sweet and sad scene where they're opening their hearts to each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just like cracking the door to their hearts. And Violet says, you don't want to keep it in case of emergency. And I could kind of see Amy Brenneman behind Violet being like, emergencies on the show. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> 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 like they probably should. Everyone in the show should have a key to Violet's house because it's always something's always happening at Violet's house that an ambulance needs to be called for. Oh, no. What? <laughs> well, that's where. Katie ripped the baby out of Violet, and Pete had his heart attack on the floor of that room. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's – they should have – that door should not be unlocked because of the stalkers, but a key should be available. <laughs> and he said, I know where the hidey hole is, which is very cute. Right. They're talking about Pete wants to see him say goodnight, and they want to make things normal for Lucas – and I have not been in a co-parenting relationship, but shouldn't they be around as much as possible for that to be normal for Lucas? But then they say they've already told him about the separation. And I do wish that we would have seen that. I wonder if it was just implied simply because of the mechanics of filming with a toddler and the legal parts of filming with a child or if it was just written in to say this happened I guess because that could be a whole nother episode itself right it's like how do you say that to the kid and all of Mm -hmm. that so don't ask Cooper (laughs) right (laughs) with him it'll be a whole season (laughs) Um, offering to FaceTime oh go ahead go ahead no 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 I'm just gonna say that is interesting that they didn't show them telling kid about it and yeah. I guess they want it to be a new normal. Yeah. Not not the old normal, but Yeah. It's not it's not going to be normal. <laughs> no. But fun. also like when you're a kid, every season is so different. You have school and then you don't have school and you have camp or like you have school and then you go to dance class and then dance class is over. So I feel like as much structure as there is in the lives of kids, things are always ever changing as well. The offer to FaceTime in the morning is really sweet. Violet's like, you can't come in now, but we'll call you tomorrow. I thought that was very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else about Pete, Violet, Lucas? No. I'm on to um, Mason and Cooper now. So Mason stole some cards. Cooper pays for them because he sees it. But then it doesn't get brought up again for almost 20 minutes, and I forgot it happened. Like, what? I just couldn't believe he he paid for it. And in the instance, he didn't just say anything in the instant. Yeah. That it happened. Like, it was so strange to me. I was like, what parent? But I, then I realized, like, okay, he's he wants to play, I'm the cool parent, I'm your friend. 
yes. situation. It's like, okay, that's why he didn't do it. Okay, but. I just forgot it happened. I feel like this or maybe Pete and Violet is like the D plot. Mm-hmm. Like that Addison and the baby is the A plot. Mm-hmm. The trio is the B plot. Mm-hmm. But this was mm-hmm. like lowest. Yeah. They were like, oh, we should have this happen. Like in the storyboarding of their season, they were like, oh, maybe Mason does something bad. <laughs> Right. Is Mason his actual child? Like, what was? Oh yeah, you Mason's reaction to him. I was like, so he's not his dad, or he is his dad? He is his father. Okay, but he and Mason's mom had a one night stand. So Charlotte is not Mason's mom. No, you didn't get to meet Erica in this episode. Next time you're on, you'll meet Erica. That's Cooper didn't know that Mason existed until this season, and he's eight. Got it. Yeah, so he's his dad, but he still knew with the parenting thing, even though he's a pediatrician. Right. That yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> I get it is different. I get it. Yes, yeah, but yeah. So. <laughs> the lighting in Charlotte's office when Cooper is like laying on the couch and playing with the ball, mm. the office lighting was so weird. It was sunset, but we saw, like, the blinds and the reflection of the blinds. And it kind of hurt my eyes. It was, like, purple. Hmm. I guess they just really wanted us to know that it was evening. The time of day. Yeah. Like, it was really important that it wasn't the afternoon for some (laughs) reason. Huh. Cooper spent a lot of time on couches in offices this episode, I'm realizing. (laughs) (laughs) So when he's on the couch in Sam's office now... And Sam is explaining what it is to be a full parent. I was laughing at Cooper's face when his his face just like basically said, do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. Not in a way of like wanting to shirk his responsibilities of being a parent, but of the being the, you know, the bad cop in the situation. He's like, mm-hmm. do I really have to reprimand him? Do I really have to? <laughs> I just can't believe he spent so much time really reflecting on trying to figure out what to do. I know. It wasn't that big of a thing. (laughs) No. I can just see them in the writer's room being like, should we have him steal a pack of gum? Should we have him use spray paint on the lockers? Should we have him, like, I don't know, what else is like something small but kind of big? Pull a prank on someone? Mm. TP someone's front yard? what should we have mason do i only have one more note do you have anything the only thing i i realized i didn't mention um with the charlotte and amelia conversation charlotte or someone mentioned that she she had a drug problem or she had she said when she was using something happened yes so charlotte is pretty much acting as amelia's sponsor charlotte Mm. had uh addiction to pills as well after an injury Okay. And that's the way so many people get hooked. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really scary. Yeah, the opioid epidemic is wild. That's not a great word no. for it. It doesn't seem very kind, but I don't know what a, what other word to use for it. But I feel like this in 2012 was like the beginning of realizing just how big it was. Mm. I don't remember being discussed a lot of places besides private practice and a little bit on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, it's everywhere. As it should be yeah. shown light on, but yeah. yeah. And then the only, then the other thing was, um, 
Sam was having a conversation with I can't remember who. <laughs> you um, said Tay Sam. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever I see Tay Diggs, I see the best man. I see all of the things I watched, you know, growing up with him in it. So <laughs> my mind is Benny to me. Benny. Always Benny. Diggs, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Sam, and I can't remember who he's talking to. But he, someone said something about leave her, love her enough to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was just a strong, really strong statement and can be applied to so many things in life. And so when they actually had that final conversation, I was like, okay, this is him loving her enough to leave him, to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love, I loved that. I can't believe I didn't write it down. Thank you for bringing it up. My last note is Mason was upset about being grounded and then it changes to worrying about Cooper being mad enough to not be his dad anymore. Yeah. And the switch was so touching and is difficult for an adult actor. So for Mm -hmm. this kid to be able to do this, incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so sincere. Yes. So, no, he's he's always gonna be your dad. Like it's okay. I know, but he hasn't been up to this point, so I get it. Yeah, exactly. I get the apprehension. Yeah. So my Sam style for this episode is Dr. Sam Bennett. Hmm. He rarely gets it, but he deserved it. So in the second half of this episode, he wears this light pink shirt. And like a coral and cream abstract floral tie with this striking silver tie clip. And his sleeves are rolled up just a little bit. And he's wearing a big silver watch. And again, mm-hmm. as I mentioned at the top of the episode and all of last episode, he wears his glasses on and off during this episode, which makes me even more curious as to what's happening. And I will be asking Tay Diggs one day when he's on VHAB podcast. Yes, I love it. Who's our guest star spotlight? Uh, yes. Uh, so I picked Rose, aka Rosie. <laughs> her uh, real name is um her the actress name is Audrey Marie Anderson. I just thought she was really interesting, and she represented the more I guess business type woman. Um, so related to that in some way. Um, and so I decided to look her up. She is still acting Come on corporate. Yeah, yeah, the corporate love, you know. <laughs> in a past life. In my past life, exactly. Uh, <laughs> crazy but yeah she started her career at modeling actually which makes sense she's absolutely gorgeous um did a lot of stuff with that had quite a few um co-star and guest stars on shows like the unit private practice obviously beverly hills law and order those types of things and then she landed sort of a recurring role in the arrowverse world the arrow show on on what is it see the cw yeah and then um was Lily in The Walking Dead, which I didn't end up getting into that, but I know it was a super popular show, so yeah. that's pretty major. Um, and she now still lives in L.A. with her husband and child. That's so nice. She looks yeah. very familiar. She's one of those people also who's in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Our trivia for this episode is this episode scored 7.71 million viewers higher love to see it this episode's title likely originated from the children's book are you my mother by pd eastman we talked about that till death on the top so we don't need to come up it again so this is a trivia that i added 
Brisha Webb, who played Melanie White, also played Teresa Morris in six episodes of Grey's Anatomy. This is season 10, where her son is super sick. Alex called him Bubble Boy, and Bailey injects him with deactivated HIV gene therapy after the parents had already withdrawn consent, and then they sued. So they were in there for like four episodes while he was sick, and then two episodes of Legal Things, I think. And she also played Dr. Laverne St. John in the final season of ER, and that made my day. Hmm. I know her face more from ER because the timing is pretty concurrent, but I remember her voice from Grey's, which is very interesting to me. Huh. Oh, interesting. And it's so interesting that her character on uh, Grey's was in this legal matter. I thought that the storyline here could go that way just because of what was happening with the doctor and then Addison. I was like, if anything happens to this baby, is she going to sue Addison? Like, I thought that that was potentially what was going to happen. So, <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that is so smart. <gasps> wow. But I'm glad that didn't happen. Addison's yeah. got enough trouble in her life. <laughs> Yet. I'm ready for charade shenanigans. Oh, yes. Okay, so... First, Addison, I think, I mean, she needs, she deserves love. She deserves everything that she wants. So I predict that her and Jake are going to get together. He's going to be, it's it's Jake, right? That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Jake Riley. Yes. Perfect couple. He's going to be supportive, obviously, of her wanting a child, all of that. And they're going to live happily ever after. (laughs) Um, Okay. What's what I want, you know? Um, let's see what else I think is gonna happen. Sheldon and Amelia, they're fr- they're they're gonna get back to where they were at some point. Gonna be best buds, I think, again. At some well, not again, but at some point, I think they'll yeah. their relationship will get back to where it needs to be. I'm gonna call it to call him Tay Diggs again. Sam. <laughs> Too many Sams on the call. Too many Sams on the call. <laughs> Sam and Addison like we talked about earlier i think they'll have one little moment again but i think he will move on and let it go truly and move on yeah i mean i think he's just gonna move on realize addison's not the one and just i don't know if i think he'll just kind of be like the single guy maybe you know i don't think there'll be another big love story with him and then cooper and mason i think Cooper's going to get the hang of being a dad and really love it. And their relationship will grow a lot. Um, I think it could get complicated. Well, it seemed like Charlotte was supportive of everything. So hopefully there's no, there won't be any kind of friction between him and me, you know, just that, that whole relate those relationships um, sharing Cooper's time. Hopefully it doesn't become an issue. Um, She's been very adamant about not wanting a child. So it was really interesting when Mason first showed up because she was protective of Cooper in that way of being like, how do you know this child is actually yours? Like, how Mm -hmm. do you know that? Also, she said something a few episodes ago where like, I chose Cooper, so I got the kid, basically. Mm. Oh, wow. Because they got married before they knew Mason existed. Mm. 
Got it, got it. Yeah. But she did seem super supportive when he was like, I'm so proud of you for doing that thing. So that was nice. Yeah, and they're very cute together. Mason and Charlotte have a great relationship now, but it was just at the beginning where mm-hmm. yeah. Charlotte was suspicious of Erica's mm-hmm. purse of Erica's motives and truth mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than anything having to do with Mason. But yeah, Charlotte yeah. does not want children. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who else do we have? Oh, Pete. Violet and Pete. Violet, yeah. You know, when I watched the episode, I thought like, oh, okay, they'll they'll work it out. Like they both still really love each other, and you know. But based on what you were saying a little bit about there's how it's sort of never been good when they've actually been together. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is for the best that they're not together, and they just find a way to be friends and co-parent their kid um that seems like it's going to be the best scenario for them yeah i feel like we need some new characters to spice up some of the love triangles and all of that because <laughs> i don't see anyone else having moments together um no moments in the woods hmm? no moments in the woods yeah <laughs> Now we're going to do our, as promised, Sheldon. Oh, thank you for your shenanigans. Can't wait to see which ones come true. <laughs> <laughs> All with time. I'm hoping Jake and Addison. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I'm hoping Jake and Addison out of all of the things. <laughs> but I'm wishing Addison to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On to our long-awaited Sheldon deep dive. Mm. he likes mark twain apparently sheldon's package is quite large as many women in both practices have commented on it (laughs) he watches dancing with the stars he pays his bills electronically he played field hockey at emerson university sheldon hates guys who call him (laughs) shelly sheldon does not Sheldon does not believe in God. He was in the Army National Guard at one point. He admitted to Charlotte he hadn't shot a gun, quote, since basic training. He was drawn for the reserve of the National Guard during one of the Iraq wars. Sheldon worked during this time at a veterans hospital. He rambles when he's nervous. He doesn't want kids. He is 56 years old at the end of private practice. That makes him 55 now. He does not look 55. He likes salt and vinegar chips. (laughs) Thank you. And that is literally all that we know about him. Wow. Huh. That's so interesting. I wonder why. Why would they do that? Makes me mad because his character has a ton of potential. Yeah, I I remember from when the the first time we did this, I was like, hmm, this Sheldon guy is fun. Something yeah. about him I really liked. Right? Yeah. Hmm. But I guess the mystery does make you intrigued. So you're like, keep like, what what else am I gonna eventually learn about Sheldon? Uh, yeah, especially because he's a therapist. Oh yeah. On to ratings and MVPs. I still don't have a rating, and neither does Sheree. So we're just gonna make it work. So let's do MVP first. Okay. Who's your MVP? MVP. Can I pick two? Yeah, why not? We have no rules here. (laughs) Addison, because, I mean, she's been through so much. 
she's keeping her head high. And in those moments where she doesn't, it's okay. You know, like you can only take but so much and vulnerability is a real thing and it's okay. So yeah, I really liked her in this episode. We saw so many different sides of her, I felt like. You know, you see her as the big bad boss that she is. Then you see her as this someone who just wants something so bad and will do whatever it takes to get it. This person who's nervous and, you know, a little awkward about who she is and what she's done. Someone who saves the day, you know, like all these things. Just like really great episode for her. Yeah, so she's my MV- my main MVP. Then honorary men- honorable mention would be Charlotte. I just loved her, her attitude throughout this, the show. And she sort of was the one to kind of help everybody, not everybody, but quite a few people kind of deal with their little slumps. Um, so yeah, she's my second. Those are my two besties. <laughs> and the third bestie coming through from my MVP is Amelia. Mm. Because she stayed sober and is strong enough to show her face back at the office after being so terrible to everyone. She's respecting Sheldon's noted boundaries. She apologized to Charlotte so authentically. And really what made her the MVP of this episode is that she wasn't in the kitchen with the rest of the doctors when they were talking so horrifically about the trio. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. It doesn't take much to be my MVP as long as you're not talking that way about your patients. You know, that makes a big thing. It's a big difference. But I mean, I (laughs) do know that in medicine, people do talk about people that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're human. Exactly. That's what humans do, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, let's think about some ratings. So it's a beach theme. I really thought it would come I to me by I now. I have one. I think I have. Okay, go ahead. It's not necessarily like a catchphrase, but like a scenario. Yes, yeah, scenario. Um, I usually do a scenario. Okay. So I feel like today's episode is like when you have planned a beach day on Monday, you're planning to go on Friday after you get off your half day from work. You're so excited about it all week long. You figure you've invited your girlfriends and your friends to come over. You know who's going to bring everything. Then it, be- it comes to Friday morning. You check the weather and it's supposed to rain all day long. Mm. So you can't have your beach day moment with your girls but instead you find a cute movie that you guys pop into you know on the tv and you watch together so you still have a good night but it's just not quite what you wanted it to be that's perfect yeah now i want to have a movie night with you because we went to the beach already let's do it (laughs) okay i thought of one i feel like it's very much in the live laugh love book Hmm. good vibe on the tide have you seen that like on like house decor but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make it good vibes with the tide because evan i think his name is evan he is very much going the way that the tide is going right Mm -hmm. like if he's not willing to swim in a difficult way. He wants it how he wants it, when he wants it, the way that he wants it to be. Mm. Meanwhile, the two women in the thruple were like, we're going to make this work. We're the most important part of this whole thing. 
you know, going with the tide. I'm doing like a wave motion with my hand right now. Mm-hmm. There were more with the good vibe with the tide, but basically going with the flow when you need to, or mm-hmm. the way of I'm thinking of Evan and Sam and kind of Cooper of like, this isn't what I expected. The tide isn't going how I needed to go. I'm not going. Mm-hmm. My good vibes, no good vibes if there's no good tide. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Well, thank you for being here. I can't wait for all of our dear listeners to find out about your new project. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be so obnoxious on socials, so please just <laughs> beware. I expect nothing less. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sheree and at I am Sheree everywhere else. My website is IamSheree.com. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show and we might read your review on the podcast. We would also love for you to join our patron community at patreon.com slash bhabpodcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 5, Episode 11. They're available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. Just to note, as of August 24th, 2023, SAG and their Writers Guild are not calling for a boycott of watching streaming services, so you are still free to do that, and we'll let you know if that changes. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks so much for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT.